Welcome to In The Now, episode one. In this podcast, we will explore how technology and market conditions affect traditional industries right now. In this premiere episode, we are introducing ourselves and discussing the topic of disruption, what it is and how it's affecting traditional industries now. This show is brought to you by Steel Now. Steel Now takes the pain out of buying metal, whether you've been buying for 20 years or you are new to metal purchasing. It's a difficult process no matter what your expertise, and Steel Now works with our network of over 60 suppliers to get you a fair price and a lead time that fits your project. So visit steelnow.com today. I am your host, Tony, joined by Jonathan, our producer, Mikey C. in the background. Today, we're talking disruption. I think we should start by defining what disruption really is. I think a lot of people get this get this kind of idea from Silicon Valley or, you know, in general, they just think disrupting an industry through technology right now means you invent a robot that does somebody's job and then you just build more robots. And essentially what you're doing is you're making it rain money somewhere and you're just putting the bucket in position and you've disrupted the market. That's not actually what disruption is. Okay. So if you think about historic disruption, you know, you're going back to like Henry Ford and the assembly line. Line, where they said it took 12 hours to make a car and then it took one and a half hours to make a car after implementing the full assembly line. And that's a huge change in how long it takes to build a car. And if you are a competing car company, you are screwed because you still take 12 hours to make this car, but Ford's pumping them out every hour and a half. That's 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 disruption. Or McDonald's, I don't know if how many people have seen that movie, The Founder with Michael Keaton or documentaries on how McDonald's created its system of basically an assembly line for hamburgers but you know you look at the you look at how they kind of came up with the kitchen structure and how the employers you know this guy's got the ketchup and mustard this guy's got the onions and it's like a beautiful dance in the kitchen to push out hamburgers in like 90 seconds instead of you know 10 minutes at the competing place really invented fast food you know fresh food that's very quickly made and so these aren't major technological innovations these are just human developed systems then now today we start introducing technology into a refined system and that's where you gain productivity and that's where you really create disruption. Generally what we want to talk about today because we work for Steel Now, Steel Now is a is trying to be a disruptor in the steel industry. So everything we're talking today is is specific to kind of our mission and why it's important and kind of ways that this happens in the in, in traditional industries today when they're not very sexy so you don't hear about them as often as you hear about this 3D printed house. Ooh, they're going to disrupt construction. No, nobody's nobody's disrupting construction by 3D printing houses. So um, Jonathan used to work in insurance. That's a kind of a traditional industry, still like a cubicle industry, but a traditional industry in general. Um, but you kind of saw some writing on the wall that said, I'm not going to have this job for very long. 
on. Can you tell us about that? Best point you said was a very cubicle industry. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> but yeah, from my previous position uh, or profession, I was an insurance agent for seven years uh, before I welcomed myself into the steel industry. And uh, it was interesting because when I started out, I was just a, what you call a field agent where you do the traditional, take a customer in to the office, sit down with them, have a conversation. It could take a while, um, go through everything. And then you eventually even so much as people don't know this, but even go to the house and take pictures and make sure everything's okay. Sign the documents at the house at times. Um, very manual, very time consuming, um, but very much the way that things used to be. Um, as my career went on, I kind of realized that things were changing. For instance, you know, with the Geico's of the world or different companies that are online based now, uh, we were losing a lot of our opportunity to those types of companies. And that's, and that's simply because uh, in this day and age, a lot of people are either really busy or they're just not used to or they don't want to contribute the time that it takes to sit down or make a call for an hour and get everything done, right? Um, everybody wants everything quick, fast, and easy. The difference of sitting down with someone for a long time or going onto a website, submitting your what you need and getting it back in 30 minutes and signing electronically uh, comp- takes a huge hassle out. And it was kind of, uh, I would say, like a writing on the wall for me. Uh, it was something that it was really disrupting us or there were times where we were confused at how we weren't able to compete with them, right? Uh, but when you think about it, the the cost of having someone in office, the cost of having multiple offices and having all this, uh, everything that goes on as far as just uh, the, the cost of having a traditional office was a lot more than just having one big call center and allowing a bunch of people to take those or having people that maintain a website. Like I said, it, it was really just... Uh, it was really starting to disrupt my daily job. And I, long, long come short, I mean, we might all just be buying our insurance policies online and never talk to a person and everything's automated. You know, innovation's good. Disruption is good. It's messy in the beginning, but it, it's very good for an industry overall because it makes it easier for, for your customers and it makes it more valuable to them in some way or shape or form. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't disrupt anything if it didn't create value. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up uh, disruption in, you know, for instance, like McDonald's, where it, it doesn't have to be something as much of a wow like everyone thinks. I mean, something as simple as this is how you put a burger together. This is a process. This is how we do it efficiently. And now that was industry changing, right? So if something small could be a disruptor in certain industries. You said you had a uh, experience of your own as far as disruption in your uh, previous career. Yeah. So I was going to talk about now disruptions through technology. You know, we're going to we're going to go into with actual technology, not just simply disruptions to a market, but disruptions using technology. And so, you know, I once um, at a previous job, I worked as a software architect and we had a client that was an armored truck company. Um, They operated only in one state. They had to compete with Loomis and Brinks and other national trucks. There was a few local competitors as well. They had a system for keeping track of their money in and out of their vault. They had a system for for what happened when a driver arrived on site, what was adequate verification for picking up money or dropping off money. Um, It was all done on paper or through spreadsheets. So they had developed this system over, you know, 25 years in business where this is how it worked. And it was pretty convoluted, but it kept every, you have to have perfect accounting when you're doing an armored truck thing, right? You have millions of dollars in your vault at any time in cash and you're going to go out and you're going to distribute it to places that have cash registers that need change. You're going to pick it up for safe deposits, you know, so this is very traditional industry, right? Just moving things and it has perfect accounting that's required. So 
all we did was take the system that they had already developed over 25 years and automate parts that we could, right? So we used GPS to say, you know, this driver has arrived at this place. We know that they will arrive at the next place around this time. And then we could inform that place, hey, this person's going to be there in 11 minutes or whatever. And when they got there, they would drop something off and they'd scan a QR code. And now we know that that is not in their hands anymore. There was a signature made on a tablet. There was a picture taken of the person that signed it. So if there was any question, there's a picture of this bag of money with the person that took it and their signature. And we say, yep, that's good. So that reduces errors that could happen as far as these drop-offs and stuff like that. And it also makes you understand the kind of daily schedule. We would also change the routes that the drivers would go on to try and be the most efficient route possible. So we, this was about a year long project that we kind of automated a lot of their systems. After about a year of them using the software, they acquired a competing company of the same size. And it took them two weeks to just add the new routes in there, get the new employees onboarded. And they were back in business with twice the size of a company, only two weeks, which is wow. in that kind of company where there's so many different moving parts, two weeks to acquire a new company is crazy. And they said, we couldn't have done it without the software for sure. And that just made it all really easy. All we had to do was input these routes and it did the rest. With that, they were able to double the size of their business. And now they are the biggest player in that state when it comes to armored trucking above Loomis and Brinks, even though those are national companies. You know, this is a small company that rules that one area simply because they have a competitive advantage. They had a system and they automated some parts of that system to make it better. That's that's the kind of disruption that I live for. What we're trying to do at Steel now really is we see a problem in that a smaller customer has nowhere to go to find a competitive price or lead time on a piece of metal because most of the places that offer an online experience are large and only deal with large contracts. And the small to mediums are so busy with what they are doing. They don't have time for the smaller orders. And these people kind of fall through the cracks. And what we're really trying to do here is disrupt it in a way where small and medium sized suppliers can compete with larger companies by pooling their middle resources together to make smaller and slightly larger orders able to happen in real time so that smaller customers can get a variety of products at a decent price and not have to call 20 people in order to do it. That's what we're really trying to do. Yeah, just just make it a, a simple process. I mean, to make it to where when a customer needs something, it's seamless, it's quick, it's easy. And then the another thing is, you know, we're, we're looking to service everyone, right? Not just your typical fabricators, contractors, or your typical metal buyers. I mean, how can we service everyone quickly and efficiently to where, you know, people see uh, metal buying as an option for them that maybe they do woodwork or something like that. It gives them a quicker option. It gives them more capability to get introduced into that industry as well. Steel now is here to really try and, and give the small and medium a competitive edge in that they can understand information that only a big company can collect by having a ton of resources and a ton of still, uh, you know, warehouses all over the country and understanding pricing from different areas of the world. If steel now has that information and can share it with all these other small companies in a way that gives them a way of being competitive in the market against the larger guys, 
then there's no way that we that, that, that we can't win that because you have so many different diverse people coming from different types of metals and real big specialties that will make that better information than what you can get if you know everything, right? So the way Henry Ford get the assembly line down to an hour and a half to build a model T is because he found, you know, he took 50 people and he said, all right, you, sir, are working on spokes. That's the only thing you need to do is spokes. And you need to be really good and efficient at spokes. You don't need to know how the actual tire is made. You don't need to know how the actual engine is made. You just need to know how this thingy goes into this thingy and get as fast as you can. And you, sir, you need to know about this, this, uh, this belt, and you need to know how to put this belt on and be as fast as possible putting this belt on. And you need to know how to put this side of the engine and attach it to this side of the engine. And that's, that's what he did, right? He found all these people that were, and, and got them extremely specialized in one part. Mm-hmm. That's what steel now is trying to do with metal suppliers in Texas is get every single one of these specialty people to do what they do best and help out somebody else that does what they do best so that we have a superior product. That is the goal. Yeah, and work together, right? To make it, to, in order to be able to accomplish what we have, we almost have to have like a partnership or work together to make that happen. Yeah. Um, that's another thing of this industry. It's not a, uh, traditionally, it's not a very cooperative industry, but Steel Now is looking to change that to where we can all help each other to accomplish a common goal within, you know, within the same industry without having to uh, necessarily look at it as, oh no, there's no way I'm going to work with that guy because he's going to take everything I have. That's not, that's we, it's hard to move forward with that mentality. We are trying, we are not trying to be competition to suppliers. No. Not the ones that supply our customer. And we should be trying to get more people into the metal industry. I mean, people have been building, there's plenty of people that have hobbies of building with wood, but very few that have hobbies of building with metal. Yep. And that, there's a reason for that because metal is confusing. And who do you get it from? Where are you going to go buy it? You yep. go down to Home Depot and get some pipe? Fine. <laughs> you're probably not getting the right thing. No, and they're not going to have they're not going to have everything you're looking for. They're going to have very limited supply of what they can you can get. And I mean, the, the price of CNC laser cutting now is so much less than it used to be. This is a great thing. And a lot of people should be getting into building things with steel because they last longer. They look cooler and they are so damn heavy. The heaviest <laughs> metal you'll ever see or hear. <laughs> I love heavy metal puns. That's the second reason I got into this industry. <laughs> but I think that's our show for today. Disruption is is a force. It's coming for traditional industries, whether we like it or not. Please join me in that effort. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please uh, subscribe. Give us a five-star review on iTunes because that will help us. Thank you for joining us, John. Thank you, Mike. See, have a great day, everybody.